Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome back to a brand new week of AutoLine Daily. We have another installment of the AutoLine Garage coming up later in the show, but before we get to that, let's get to the headlines. It looks like China isn't that bullish on electric vehicles anymore. Gasco reports that the country will likely phase out subsidies for purchasing an EV by the end of the decade. One government official says the incentives are only a short-term solution and that automakers should not count on them to survive. China will instead focus on supporting automakers' R&D efforts with EVs rather than with subsidies for buying one. And it's going to put more emphasis on using more efficient internal combustion engines. Car sales continue to be one of the bright spots in the U.S. economy. Ward's Auto forecasts that this month's SAR will hit 15.8 million units, and that's the highest it's been since 2007. Sales are expected to come in at nearly 1.4 million units, which is over an 8% gain compared to last year. U.S. Transportation Secretary Ray LaHood has once again delayed his ruling to mandate backup cameras on all vehicles. LaHood is getting a lot of pushback from automakers who say it's not a cost-effective rule. And as I keep pointing out, it's a dumb rule. And that's because backup cameras are not the best solution. The lens on the camera can get covered in dirt or dust or rain or snow and ice. And as I discovered this spring, it can also get covered with pollen, which makes the camera largely useless. Also at night, a lot of cameras don't really give very good visibility. This is the fifth time this mandate has been postponed, and this is the fifth time that I've said the Department of Transportation should mandate ultrasonic sensors that are cheaper and more effective than cameras. Some personnel moves to report on here. Longtime GM marketing executive Susan Doherty announced she is leaving General Motors after 27 years with the company. In her current role, she was running Chevrolet and Cadillac in Europe. Doherty says she's leaving to spend more time with her family. And Ulrich Hockenberg has been reassigned to head up product development at Audi. He replaces Wolfgang Durheimer, who had the job for less than a year. Reports out of Europe say that Durheimer was trying to cut costs by getting Audi out of building sports car engines and not fighting for Audi programs hard enough within the Volkswagen Group. Hockenberg, by the way, is also going to take over all product development for the VW Group, not just Audi. Acura is a brand that has never really caught on with the car buying public in the U.S. So it is launching the biggest ad campaign in its history for the all-new Acura MDX. The ad blitz will show up on national and local TV. It'll make a major online presence. It'll saturate social and mobile media. It'll get plastered on out-of-home venues and will appear on the pages of upscale print magazines. With the tagline, Made for Mankind, it'll be primarily aimed at women, which makes me wonder why they didn't come up with a more gender-friendly tagline. Coming up next, the Auto Line Garage looks at how the auto industry's push to cut cost and weight could cost you a lot more money 
the next time you get a flat tire. Proven on the track and on roads around the world, Borg Warner turbochargers improve fuel economy and reduce emissions without sacrificing performance. Borg Warner, official turbocharger supplier to the IZOD IndyCar Series. It's time for another installment of the AutoLine Garage, which is all about providing design engineers in the auto industry some feedback on what it's like to live with their designs in the real world. You know, automakers are always looking for ways to cut costs and reduce weight, and one of the easiest ways for them to do that is to get rid of the spare tire and jack. Then they just replace it with either tire repair in a bottle, or like this car, which uses a combination of compressor and sealer. Either way, they both use compressed air mixed with a tire sealer, but it really is quite easy to use. But read the directions and you'll see it's only for emergencies, not for slow leaks. And it will not even seal a bead leak, which is an improper seal where the tire meets the wheel. And in my opinion, the most common source of a leak on aluminum wheels. Also, as of 2008, all new passenger vehicles must be equipped with a tire pressure monitoring system. And guess what could fail if it gets gunked up with the tire sealer? Yep, the pressure sensor can be ruined, unless you clean it and properly clean it at that. If not, you'll have to replace it, and they're usually in the $100 range per sensor. So what are the options if you don't want the tire repair in a bottle? Well, you could just get a spare tire and jack. You know, most cars that don't come with the spare tire and jack offer them as an option from the dealer. Or you could even get a set of run-flat tires, but those tend to wear out faster and have a harsher ride than traditional tires. So I know why all you designers want to get rid of the spare tire and jack, but just keep in mind, if a customer does get a flat, it's gonna cost them a lot more money. For Autoline Garage, I'm Sean McElroy. Say, did you know that those tire repair bottles expire in about three years and that it costs $30 to replace them? I never knew that and I'll bet most motorists don't either. And while those compressors are really cool to have, they cost about $70 to replace. You know, I can't remember the last time I had to fix a flat, but I sure do see a lot of cars running around with those mini spares on. So I guess flat tires are still a common enough occurrence. Anyway, that wraps up today's report. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.